Good morning. We, welcome to the latest edition of the St. Paul's Adult Lesson. Uh, happy, blessed Feast of the Nativity to all of you. Um, and uh, happy New Year to all of you. Uh, as you can tell, I've substituted our normal background of the St. Paul iconostasis to the uh, summit of Everest. Full disclosure, I have no intention of ever, ever summiting Mount Everest. I'm very happy here down in the warmth of the uh, California sun, nor do I necessarily think that I could ever summit Everest without help of a helicopter or other mode of transportation. Um, so uh, today uh, I'm gonna be uh, talking a little bit about uh, a topic that maybe I come to every new year and Without further ado, I will minimize myself and maximize the presentation mercifully again. And today's talk is uh, entitled Don't Stop Believing um, or Don't Stop Believing as Journey once sang. Um, and uh, today's topic is a little bit of a departure from our normal series, uh, the talks and writings of St. Basil the Great. Uh, I will be returning to those uh, in the future, but for now, thought it was appropriate to take a pause and a step away from uh, that previous series. So today, what I want to do is really talk about, uh, you know, the new year and spiritually where we should be in the new year. This is not a New Year's resolution talk. Over the years, I've kind of shied away from New Year's resolutions personally. Uh, one thing that I learned in the Orthodox Church is that we should be kind of constantly reevaluating and reassessing ourselves. Um, and so I kind of put aside resolutions because most of the time when I made resolutions, at least uh, I kind of failed at them and then got discouraged. So if I look at it as a constant process of renewal, I'm less apt to uh, feel down on myself and less apt to feel like I failed my resolution. So this is not a New Year's resolution talk. However, uh, the new year is a good time to pause and evaluate. It's a good time just uh, as marking a period of time in the calendar to just think about where you are uh, in your life, where you are personally, where you are in terms of your family life, professionally, um, and absolutely where you are spiritually. And so today we're going to pause and kind of review uh, maybe a framework for evaluation of where we are individually, spiritually. And I want to say beyond that, that, you know, really we're all just kind of trying to do the best that we can. Um, Sorry, a little bit of uh, technical difficulties there. Um, we are, are, most people are just people trying to do the best they can, make it from day to day, especially over the course of the last year, we learned that. And so to give each, to give ourselves a little bit of grace, you know, just to realize that, uh, you know, life in general, and especially the spiritual life is a struggle. It's a journey. And, um, you know, we are trying to do the best that we can and to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Um, 
and like I said, it's a journey. We are all at different places in our spiritual journey. Some of us are near sainthood. Some of us are very far from sainthood, and that's okay. Um, each person, as we learn in many of the gospel narratives, are at different uh, places along this journey. However, it's important to realize that at any of these places, it is within the purvey of God uh, to reach any of us at any of those moments and lift us to a different uh, to a different state spiritually, to realize that it's a non-linear progression, right? So that uh, if you look at you know a linear graph where over time you're just getting better and better, that's not necessarily the way that a spiritual life works. And in fact, we see many examples in the Gospels and in the New Testament, uh, and just in the history of our church, where people may have been at a very high spiritual level one day or for a series of days and then dipped into a kind of a valley for a while and then kind of climbed back out of that valley. And so it's important to realize that this is a nonlinear progression. This is not um, a state where you're just going to be getting better and closer to God uh, spiritually each day. We see this in even s such great uh, uh, individuals and saints such as uh, Mother Teresa who went through very uh, dark periods in her life. We see this in some of the saints in the gospel stories with uh, St. Peter uh, uh, one day, you know, saying that he's going to uh, stand by Christ's side and then, you know, a few days later uh, um, or uh, the next day denying Christ. So the spiritual journey is nonlinear and we have to realize this. And so we shouldn't get discouraged when we find ourselves kind of oscillating. And we feel this in our own uh, lives. We see this as a truth that uh, some days we feel closer to God than others. And some periods in our life, we feel closer to God than others. Um, and so don't be discouraged uh, and realize that the spiritual journey is a nonlinear, uh, nonlinear progression. And on top of that, you know, where we are today is not necessarily a predictor of where we'll be in one, two, five, 10, or 50 years. Um, it is very possible that uh, today uh, you could be at uh, a spiritual height, and five years from now you may be at a spiritual nadir, um, and that it's not a predictor. So if you are young in the faith uh, today and inexperienced uh, with your uh, relationship with our God, that it is very possible that uh, you can make up ground fairly quickly. So the fact that uh, you're a novice or just entering your spiritual journey in terms of your Christian faith does not mean that even tomorrow or that or several years from now, you can be at a quite different place. And we see this with the Samaritan woman who was far away from God and instantaneously became uh, uh uh, deliverer of the gospel message and evangelist. So again, where we are today is not necessarily a predictor of where our spiritual journey will end. And that goes in both good and bad play, good and bad ways. And that's important to realize that, you know, we need to be protective and on guard about where we are. So just because today that you're in a great place spiritually, you have to be careful of that. You have to be a good shepherd of that. You have to be uh, constantly tending to to that. Um, and finally, we don't do this journey, journey alone. Uh, in the picture here on the presentation, there's a picture of a Sherpa. And 
uh, a Sherpa is uh, somebody, especially in the context of Mount Everest, who is almost a guide or somebody who's along the journey of climbing Everest with you. Somebody who's experienced, somebody who lives there, somebody who uh, spends their days assisting travelers, assisting hikers uh, to, to try to summit this peak or to try to climb as much as they, they can. And so a Sherpa is somebody who's experienced, somebody who uh, has done this, has been there before. Um, and so we don't do this uh, journey alone. And so we have uh, kind of our own Coptic spiritual Sherpas. And so I just pictured some examples of who these Sherpas may be pardon the analogy, but uh, we start first with, of course, uh, our clergy. And we're very blessed here at St. Paul's to have uh, wonderful spiritual Sherpas or shepherds uh, in Abuna Krolos, Sabuna Andrew, and uh, uh, Archdeacon Mark Marshy. Uh, and uh, these are folks who have been on the spiritual journey, folks who have been ordained uh, and uh, minister to their flock and assist us and help us along the way. Many of us have had uh, wonderful experience uh, going to any of uh, these three individuals and asking them for guidance or spiritual comfort uh, or spiritual direction. And uh, so we are blessed to have that. Next, uh, below the picture of our priests, uh, additional spiritual Sherpas. This is a picture from the last time we were actually able to go on a family retreat together. Uh, that was a great time. That was a picture of 2009, uh, 2019. But uh, the point here is to, to demonstrate that this is, that each one of us in the congregation are spiritual Sherpas for each other. We are uh, individuals who can help our fellow brother or sister in Christ along the spiritual journey, through our experiences, through our prayers, through our love, um, through our just uh, presence, uh, being with each other. Uh, sometimes the most important thing is just to be a listening ear. Um, and so, uh, again, each one of us in fellowship are examples of a spiritual guide or spiritual Sherpa along the way, and we share our experiences, we share our joys and, and pains and uh, struggles. And uh, certainly, you know, I've been blessed as a, as a member of the Tuesday morning men's prayer group. Uh, those folks are wonderful uh, spiritual guides for me and have provided me with immense, um, immense guidance over the last several years. So take advantage of your fellow parishioners and fellow congregation members as additional spiritual guides. Um, next, of course, is the top right, which is the Holy Word of God, the Bible. Uh, what better uh, spiritual guide than the actual words of the Lord our God? And we are blessed to have this, uh, these, uh, this available to us. Um, and uh, we should, of course, try to delve into the Word of God as frequently as possible on a daily basis, and if not on a daily basis, as often as, as we can. Uh, no better guide for us along our spiritual journey than the gospel and the letters and the words within the entire Bible. Uh, below that is the Choir of Saints. And so this is a unique icon that I found showing many of the saints of our church uh, and um, you know, St. Mary, St. Uh, Mina, St. George, uh, the Choir of Saints, Pope Krolos, 
St. Paul Corollas, all these uh, are examples of uh, spiritual guides or uh, along our way that can assist us in our spiritual life. And so we should uh, certainly ask for their intercession and uh, look to their stories, look to their, uh, their own journeys as examples for us and assistance along the way. And finally, uh, and perhaps most importantly, uh, is the central picture. Uh, this is a picture of an icon of the, the Pentecost and our most uh, dear and close spiritual Sherpa or guide or mentor is in fact the Holy Spirit which the Lord our God has uh, allowed uh, to descend upon us at the time of the Pentecost, at the time of our baptism and chrismation, um, as an indwelling spiritual guide, as an indwelling spiritual uh, assistance for us. So as I was saying, the Holy Spirit is our ultimate spiritual guide, uh, who is in, who lives within us, who is uh, accessible at a uh, at a moment's glance, uh, and we should never forget that uh, the Holy Spirit uh, was sent to us to provide the spiritual guidance, to provide the spiritual, um, to to be our spiritual assistance along this journey. So I kind of arbitrarily divided uh, where each of us may be uh, in our spiritual journey at this moment uh, into several different uh, rough categories. And certainly this is not inclusive and certainly we may be in parts of one and not the other and vice versa. Uh, but for the purpose of uh, just kind of pausing at the beginning of this year and evaluating uh, let's take a look at these uh, categories with some examples. So the first category is lost, not searching, not concerned. And the two uh, gospel messages that kind of come to mind for me are the parable of the lost sheep, uh, where Christ, where, where there's a sheep that's outside of the fold, that the good shepherd, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, must go pursue and bring back into the fold. And what I want to say is that this is the this is the person who really doesn't have much to do with church, maybe comes to church as uh, a, a cultural thing or to see friends or just as an expectation for their daily or for their weekly, you know, life, uh, maybe to show their kids good morals or good, you know, way of life to give them a sense of community. But they're really not into the faith. They're really not not coming to church because they truly believe in what's uh, in front of them in the altar. Um, or maybe it's just not important to them. They're not really searching. They're not concerned. And so this is somebody who's kind of outside of the fold. Um, and as we know, Christ pursues these sheep to bring them back into the fold. The next is the prodigal son, maybe somebody who was in the church, uh, who was in the father's house and, uh, elected to leave the father's house on their own volition. Somebody maybe who saw something at church that was distasteful or something that rubbed them the wrong way, or, you know, the shortcoming of one of the humans who are flawed, 
many of us, myself included, uh, dealing with their children or dealing with with uh, with another parishioner and said to themselves, hey, uh, this isn't really consistent with the faith that you guys are necessarily teaching or, or saying that you believe in. And so they've left the church and uh, they've said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go do my own thing and be very happy doing my own thing. Um, and so, uh, again, uh, what we see in the story of the prodigal son is that the God, the father, uh, is waiting for the son to come back. So he's not just sitting idly in his house and gets a knock from the prodigal son someday and he says, Hey dad, I'm back. No, this is a, this is a father that's standing on the porch, standing in the front of his house, looking at the distance, waiting for his son to come back. And when he sees his son sprints and embraces him and brings him into back into the house as if he had never left and maybe even uh, more than he had never left. So the point I want to give here is that if you're one of these folks that may be in this category, that you're lost, not searching, not concerned with your faith or your spiritual life, um, you know, uh, God is still concerned with your spiritual life. God is still concerned with your faith. God is still concerned with your spiritual journey. And don't be surprised if uh, at some point uh, you feel the hand of God kind of bringing you back into the fold, kind of uh, ministering to you. Don't be surprised if you see him in the distance, wait, sprinting towards you to embrace you, to bring you back. Um, and so this is the first category. And I thought uh, two good examples of individuals or the type of individual that may be in this category. Next is searching, unsure, still haven't found what you're looking for. I'm going heavy on the musical puns here, as you can see. Uh, and, you know, two gospel narratives kind of come to mind here. So this is the individual who's kind of, uh, you know, dabbles in the faith a little bit. Um, you know, there's some of what he hears on Sunday or in the Bible is agreeable to them. Uh, they kind of jive with uh, some of what is taught to them and what is in the faith. Um, but they're, you know, they're not necessarily sure that this is all there is to it. Are there other faiths that are uh, important? Are there other uh, faiths that give an equally good message of truth? Um, they're just a little bit unsure and not certain that their place is in the, the Christian church and even more so in the Orthodox church. And uh, so they're just still kind of searching and... Um, two examples kind of come to mind for me. First is the, the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, who, you know, as in John 5 says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So think about this. This is a man who's crippled for 38 years, and he keeps waiting and waiting and waiting and uh, does, not, uh, does not have any relief. And of course, he wants to be made well. He's just not exactly sure that it's going to happen for him, and he's not exactly sure how it's going to happen to them. He may be a little despondent after 38 years of, of waiting. 
Uh, and so many of us uh, don't arrive at what the truth is for many years in our life. And we keep searching and trying to uncover truth and trying to look for truth. But just like this man, uh, if we wait uh, long enough, if we search hard enough, uh, and are truly searching for the truth, we may find ourselves encountering Christ at the pool. And of course, this was a relief to this man, a healing of his ailments and his infirmities. Uh, and uh, so after 38 years of searching, uh, this man found the truth. He found Jesus Christ at the pool. Next is the blind man. So this is, again, somebody from birth who was blind, could not see. And we can use this as an analogy or a metaphor for our own lives. You know, what is blinding us in our own lives? What are we searching after that takes our eyes off God, takes our eyes away from our faith? And eventually, uh, this man has an encounter with Christ. Again, the healing uh, portion of this or the, the part of this that allows him to progress on his spiritual journey is his encounter with Jesus Christ. And so, uh, again, this man was blind from birth, searching for years for an answer to his blindness and uh, found the answer to his blindness and the truth in uh, the miraculous hands of uh, Jesus Christ. So um, these are two kind of examples or proxies for where we may be in our lives, in our spiritual journeys, if we're searching, unsure, still haven't found what we're looking for. But be uh, certain that if you are in this category and you are ser searching for truth, I personally uh, feel that if you continue that search for truth, it will lead to one place and one place only. Uh, then there's a category with many of us, maybe, and uh, perhaps this is where I am, uh, uh, oscillating between different stages, but uh, maybe I spend much of my time in, in this state, which is a believer with doubts in need of strengthening. And uh, the two examples here I want to uh, talk about are with my own, with my namesake, St. Peter, uh, the first is the example of, uh, and so this is a person who is a believer, but uh, sometimes can get knocked off his rocker a little bit uh, in the course of life. He comes across a difficult situation at work or personally or in his family life uh, with health and can get uh, kind of knocked off the, the path or the, the journey that he's on. Um, and uh, this may be as a result of many things in our, in our lives. And um, we, many of us feel this where we can be shaken. And sometimes we get a little bit uncomfortable when we get shaken. We say, well, why, why was I able to get moved off of where I am spiritually on my spiritual journey? Why was I at such a great level and then something bad happened and all of a sudden I find myself uh, really despondent or really uh, sad or really far away from, from God. And sometimes this happens in both directions too, right? When things are going really well, we find ourselves drifting away from God and maybe in our own minds thinking we don't need God as much as we actually do. And so the first example of this is St. Peter trying to walk on water. Christ, in, uh, he, he meets him uh, on, the, on the boat. They see Christ walking across the water. Uh, and Christ invites St. Peter out into the water. At first, he's doing great. So he's a believer. He really has faith that he that this is the Lord 
Jesus Christ and that uh, if Jesus is asking him to walk in water, that he has the faith to do it. And so he takes a couple steps, and, but then he realizes uh, that he's walking on water and that he shouldn't be able to do that. And he gets rattled, just like many of us get rattled by uh, bad occurrences in our lives. Or like I said, sometimes really good things happening in our lives can shake us from our spiritual journey. And then he starts to sink. But again, look at where Christ is grabbing uh, St. Peter's arm. He's not accompanying, he's not grabbing him by the hand, he's grabbing him by the wrist and pulling him out of the water. So we have to remember that if we are in a state where we are a believer, we do put our faith in Christ and God, and we do get rattled, that Christ is there to lift us out of the water. And He's lifting us out of the water. Again, the beauty of this icon is he's not grabbing him by the hand, but he's grabbing him by the wrist to pull him out of the water. <coughs> and then an icon that I uh, found uh, online uh, searching for St. Peter. This is uh, an image of an icon of St. Peter by the fireside uh, after he has denied Christ. And uh, I've always found this icon very haunting and very uh, impactful to me, because this is where I find myself some, sometimes in a kind of very saddened state where I've done something that I'm not proud of or ashamed of, uh, where I've, uh, in essence, sinned and denied Christ. And I find myself in a kind of a cold, uh, dark place with uh, a really nasty crow calling me out on it. And, um, you know, again, the message here is that even in this state, God is there. Even in this state um, of our spiritual journey where we may feel this sadness or this darkness or this aloneness, um, God is still there. And then, of course, we see what St. Peter turns into uh, at the time of the Pentecost, even after such a dark moment. Finally, is solid, steadfast saintliness. And, uh, you know, I have, just like I don't believe I'll ever summit Everest, I'm pretty sure I probably won't ever get to this uh, state. At best, I think I'll be stuck in this state for the vast majority of my life. But, uh, you know, something to aspire to. Solid, steadfast saintliness. This is somebody who is characterized by the saints of our church. Uh, those who have come before us, who have uh, journeyed on their spiritual life uh, in such a profound way that they find themselves in the company of our Lord on a daily basis, that they find themselves thinking only of our Lord, that they find themselves only in the company of God, in the company of other saints, uh, experiencing a joy that, uh, that escapes many of us. And um, they've figured it out. And so somebody who uh, one story in the gospel that uh, reminds me of somebody who may be at this state is the centurion soldier uh, in Matthew. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and another come and he comes, and to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So this is, you know, again, somebody who had uh, someone in his household who was sick and uh, met Christ along the way. Christ offered to come 
uh, basically to his house and heal the person. And the centurion had such great faith that he said, you know what, just say the word, you are the Lord God. If you just say the word, my servant will be healed. And that's a faith that, uh, that I would just uh, love to have, a faith that uh, I would love to aspire to, um, but certainly fall very short of. And um, this is kind of what I mean uh, by somebody who's solid, steadfast, and saintly. They just don't have doubts. They are firmly uh, with Christ on a daily basis. They know the source of their strength, the source of their life, the source of their joy, um, and they're comfortable and confident in it and, and cannot be shaken. Another example, uh, uh, so, so this is, a, this is a, a great example of this. And again, um, you know, our church provides us a mechanism to, to review the stories of uh, this type of saintliness in the Synexarium. Uh, as well as many of the allegories we hear coming out of our church. Um, sometimes we have a tendency to, you know, gloss over some of the allegories that come out uh, of uh, some of our modern saints, um, but we shouldn't do this. These are examples of, of solid, steadfast faith that we should all aspire to. So I came up with a little exercise or assignment uh, for us. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't have to write this down, although writing this down is often helpful and uh, a tool that I've used many times in my life. But, you know, we're at a new year now, right? So it's time to pause a little bit and think about where are we in our spiritual journey? Meaning, where are you in your spiritual journey? Where is your household in their spiritual journey? And again, this framework is kind of arbitrary uh, and certainly not uh, have, you know, secure borders to the meeting that, you know, you may be in groups one or two, you may be in groups two and three, um, but kind of sit and think, where am I spiritually in my spiritual journey? And again, this may be very different than where you were a year ago. You may be, uh, you may have been in, you know, firmly in group three and now find yourself in group two or vice versa. Um, you may be a saint, um, but think about where you are on your spiritual journey, you know, kind of in these four categories, one lost and not searching, not concerned, somebody who's really just not, you know, their spiritual life is not that important to them, or their Christian faith is not that important to them. It's just kind of going through the motions and uh, that's, that's sufficient for them Two, uh, searching but unsure, still not quite sure what you've found in your Christian faith and your Orthodox faith. Three, a believer with doubts in need of strengthening. So somebody who wholeheartedly believes in God, in Jesus Christ, but is weak, somebody who is uh, imperfect, somebody who's just kind of really in need of strengthening, in need of fortification. And four, uh, solid, steadfast, and saintly. And so kind of think about where you are in your spiritual life, on your spiritual journey, and why you may be there, or what factors have led you to be in each of these positions, <clears throat> and how you can potentially um, advance up to a uh, higher spiritual state, and write it down. And it's interesting, you know, over the years when I've done this, and have gone back and looked at where I was, I really see the hand of God uh, working in my life. And that 
in and of itself serves to strengthen my faith and strengthen my spiritual journey. And then I picked some verses uh, on the side here uh, from Mark 9, uh, the story of the man with the possessed uh, with the possessed child that uh, Christ uh, Christ heals, um, and these are prayers verses that I want us to use as prayers in our life, um, and these are quick prayers. I found just like the Jesus prayer, my Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me, a sinner, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, these the recitation of these little prayers within the context of our own lives can be very powerful and can serve to alter the course of our spiritual journey. So I picked this verse from Mark. If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And that's what I want us to take away. That last, uh, that last line, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And if you're in any of the first, or if you're in, you know, groups three or two, um, this is uh, this is a very powerful prayer, you know. And if we recite this every day, or when we're coming up against something that may cause doubt in us, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Recite that prayer within yourself, and it can become a very powerful prayer in in our lives. And I encourage you to do this. Do this you know, recite that prayer every, every day of your life, every, you know, every time you come up against something and see, see over time what happens. The next is a verse from Matthew, just encouraging us to seek. Okay. So ask, it was a very famous verse, obviously, that most of us know, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And this is just a, a verse of encouragement to let us know that if you are seeking the truth, so if you're in groups two or three or four, that God promises us that if we are seeking the truth, um, we will find it. And uh, we pray, we can pray this. So we, we can ask God to help us to continue to seek, continue to knock, and to know that he's faithful and will open the door for us. And finally, um, a verse from uh, the Gospel of Mark, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And uh, please indulge me on this, but I'm going to, of course, keep the verse as it is, as no one should ever take away from the Gospel. Um, but in addition to love, add the word seek. And recite that prayer on a daily basis and see where it takes you and say, and I shall seek the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Try to make that as part of, uh, part of your daily thought process, part of what you, the banner you hold up on, on your daily journey, the small steps you take in, in your spiritual journey. Seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And of course, that comes from our love for God. So again, uh, you know, ultimately, we want to summit Everest. Ultimately, we want to be uh, with our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ for the duration of our uh, lives for eternity. And um, it's useful on occasion. Um, maybe 
daily even to assess where you are on your spiritual journey. And again, I hope this uh, talk was perhaps a little bit helpful in allowing us to give uh, some sort of framework for this. Certainly, this is not a perfect framework. Certainly, this is just uh, some uh, thoughts I had on the subject, getting us to uh, refocus and rethink about where we may be, and just to pause and to spend time with God in prayer. Using one of uh, the verses uh, can be helpful. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, or seeking the Lord with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. Um, I pray that all of us uh, continue our journeys, all of us uh, find ourselves ascending towards uh, the top of Everest. Um, I pray that uh, this time next year, uh, New Year 2022, we find ourselves uh, ever inching closer to God. God bless you all and have a uh, wonderful rest of your day.